Shut up and sit down. The real problem is not whether machines think, but whether men do. It went up. It went up to the cloud. And you can't get it down from the cloud? Nobody understands the cloud. It's a mystery. Master the tools and technology that will change the way we do just about everything. Welcome to UpGod Radio. Hey there, thanks for checking out the podcast. In this episode, we chat with Natalie Diggins about everybody's favorite topic, DevOps, uh, specifically how to do it better and safer. Natalie is an entrepreneur in residence at OpenView Venture Partners and has extensive experience in implementing DevOps and enterprise architectures. She was also really fun to chat with, so check it out. Thanks for joining us today. Natalie Diggins is a DevOps thought leader, a uh, technical advisor to many companies, and has vast knowledge and experience in engineering and networking operations. Currently, she's an entrepreneur in residence at OpenView. Uh, we like to kind of start off by tracing our guests' roots. How did you get started in technology and DevOps? Like, what led you down this path? So, uh, I've been in this industry for probably about two decades, so quite a while. And mm. I started way back working for a telecom company. And at the time, we had to have a, a basically a 100% SLA. We didn't even have five nines. Every call had to process. So we had almost no innovation, almost no change. It was um, a really sort of uh, ossified platform. We couldn't roll out new services, new technology, but our stuff always worked. The mm-hmm. problem is the market was changing and we had to roll out those new products and services. So I then left, I thought there was a better way, and I co-founded New Edge Networks. And in that environment, we rolled products and features fast and furiously. And so it was great. We had all these bang features, but our stuff didn't work. Um, I figured out that there had to be a better way, and I, I continued on serving mostly in the capacity of technical operations, running dev and, and things like that, um, multiple startups, also another publicly traded company. And I was at a party one night, and this gentleman asked me what I did, and I was, like, explaining, and he's like, oh, you're, you're DevOps. He said, no, I'm not DevOps. What are you talking about, DevOps? What's that? And he's like, it's this new thing that's coming around where you balance sort of the, the speed and the agility that you have to have with a startup with the always-on high uptime, high availability that you get from some of the more old-school enterprise companies. I had no idea I was doing a DevOps. <laughs> it was just career evolution, doing what made sense. Again, rolling as much code as fast as you could in a stable environment. And right. so that's kind of how I came uh, to DevOps, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of it. I just think it makes business sense. I, I think a lot of people who are, you know, quote-unquote DevOps practitioners now, they kind of came down the same route where, from their perspective, well, this is what we've been doing all along. It, maybe it's a little bit more codified, but... Um, when we think of DevOps, we think of Netflix and, and you know, maybe SaaS providers, but we don't think of energy companies or banks. Um, can you tell us about your experiences implementing DevOps in sort of non-traditional DevOps organizations or firms saddled with legacy infrastructure? Like how do they move forward? So I recently worked for a larger publicly traded firm. We had more than 50 products and services on our platform. And a lot of these products and services came to us through acquisitions. Yeah. So not only do we all of these products and services, but most of them were on separate and very divergent platforms. And so we really rolled into um, sort of a common platform with a, a cloud-based um, structure. 
really worked on the path and then the SAS layer, common set of tools, and, and this is where I found DevOps came in. And, you know, when I first started, the number one thing I heard was, we can't do DevOps. We're not one of those, you know, sexy tech companies. We have a 100% uptime. We have all of these requirements, government requirements. And what I, I did is I sat down with some of the folks in compliance, and I said, are you kidding? This is exactly what keeps you in compliance. Do you realize the audit trail that we have that you didn't have in a non-DevOps world? And so I love talking to people who are from some of these um, more waterfall-type uh, cultures on the tech side and hearing what they say and then saying, gosh, guys, this is, this is it. Right. This solves such a huge problem. And when I can just show them and walk them through the tools, I said, you can – See what code we're pushing at any mm. hour of any day. Could you do that before? Sure. No, huh? Right. Did you have a record of all your DevOps? No, huh? You do now. So I, I love when we get companies like that because this is their way forward. I think the cultural issues are more significant, but in terms of the technical, the tools, and just the process, this is what they need to go to. I mean, what do you say to a, a brick and mortar that has um, significant infrastructure, but maybe it's dated? They come to you and you say, well, I've heard of DevOps, but we're not a software company. How can DevOps help us? Yeah, so I, I run into this exactly. And the first thing I do is I say, look, ring fence your most sensitive products or services or your or ring fence your subset systems. Like, don't touch those. Just just put those aside. Let's start playing in with the uh, products or services where you have more flexibility. So you might have a web service, I'm making this up, that's a three nines, again, I'm making this up, mm -hmm. as opposed to 100% with hundreds of thousands of dollars of penalties um, if you go down. Let's start there. So a lot of people don't realize that DevOps is, it can be so many different things. Again, I, I'm really an advocate of looking at the um, infrastructure layer, layering up, looking at the PaaS layer, and then layering up and looking at the SaaS layer. So within all of those different layers, what can, how can that company migrate to this new world order? And what I developed was, um, let's say there are 20 different items that I consider DevOps. If you have, if you do all 20 of these things, then mm -hmm. you are 100% DevOps. You don't have to do all those 20 things. Why not just do the things that make sense for your products or services? So, for example, um, you might want uh, certain products to be in the cloud for resiliency, redundancy, et cetera, right? However, some contracts preclude that. This is changing, I think, as more and more businesses come about and realize how much safer they are to be in the cloud for the most part. Maybe you do some services in the cloud. But uh, maybe, and maybe on some services, you don't roll continuously. You're not doing continuous delivery or you're not doing continuous um, development, continuous integration. I think it's really just a, a, almost a market basket of things that make you DevOps. Pick and choose what it is that works for you. There is no one standard. And one of the challenges I found is that many of these folks come from an ITIL background and they've just had ITIL beaten into them. And so you kind of have to help them make the leap into um, the DevOps world. And the way to do that is to, again, ring fence the stuff that really makes them nervous. I get it. I totally get it. Start them out small with some of the less riskier products or services and then start rolling them piecemeal. I also am a huge advocate. In, in any company, you've got folks who are more forward-thinking. 
the first thing I do when I get into a company is I find out who those folks are and I really try to support them and then have them be sort of the advocates for this new world order. You can always find them in any company and really to have somebody hear out their ideas. What are some of the kind of the pitfalls that companies um, fall into in terms of adopting DevOps or laying out a DevOps architecture or strategy? What are some of the mistakes that companies typically make and that they should avoid? So a couple of things. One is they try to go all in instead of a more gradual approach. Mm-hmm. And if you're you know, starting a company tomorrow, I'd say go all in. Absolutely. But so oftentimes the enterprise companies do have tech debt and they have ingrained cultures. And so the first thing I would, I would say is that often folks don't realize that they can go in sort of gradually and in phases. I mean, they could even have their own roadmap of what they're going to adopt and when. And the second thing, and this is huge, it's um, they underestimate what's required for the cultural change. And, you know, I'm used to working with bits and bytes and code all day, and sometimes you forget the human element. But at the end of the day, it's really the the team that's going to make or break the success of this. And I just can't stress enough, it really is a cultural transformation, and that's where you should spend your calories. Okay, so uh, last question and arguably uh, most important. Um, favorite album of all time, Natalie? <laughs> oh, wow, that's a good one. Yeah. So actually, I don't have a favorite album of all time, but I just had to release a playlist for um, a tech conference I'm going to. It's not the classiest music. I'm just going to own it right now. But it's, you know, Sugar Hill Gang. It's like old, <laughs> old school rap, old right. school hit. I yes. love that stuff. That comes on and I cannot stop dancing. So I did a, a playlist of all old school um, hip hop and rap. I like the um, New York City circa 1982 type and stuff. I am happy. <laughs> Where can uh, people kind of follow what you're up to, stuff yeah, like that? so um, one place, obviously, is to connect through LinkedIn, but another, I'm the new um, entrepreneur in residence for OpenView Ventures, and mm-hmm. we focus on B2B expansion stage funding. So what does that mean? It just means that there are um, companies where they've established a product and a market fit, they've got some revenue, and they really have a path toward profitability. So you can check out our website there for um, some salty snacks and taste treats. <laughs> also, we have a really great newsletter that we produce, and you can sign up for that, and I'll be writing some new articles for it uh, shortly. Fantastic. Well, hey, Natalie, I really appreciate you joining us for the podcast. Sorry about the technical difficulties earlier. Thanks, Leon. Talk soon. Right. Hey, that was UpGuard Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Special thanks to Natalie Diggins for joining us. For more about DevOps, security, and digital resilience, check out upguard.com. Talk to you next time.